welcome to another episode, our second episode of Mindful Mystics. That's what it's called, you guys, right? Yes, that's correct, Karen. Oh, thank God. Okay. This is my second start because I started, I'm, I tell on myself, I, I started and I had to stop. I was like, okay, we're going to start in three, two, one. And then I did the intro and I was like, wait, what's it called again? <laughs> I'll get it. It's a little new to us. Um, you know, and I'm getting older and I forget things. Anyway, we are really excited to have you with us. We have our first guest. Last week, you just had to listen to, or last month, I guess, you had to listen to the three of us talk on about our travels. And this month, we are really excited to have our good friend Bob Fountain with us. And we have a really interesting and thought-provoking conversation that we want to have today. And we hope that as you listen, if you have thoughts, you can share them in our Facebook group because we'd like to hear what you what you think about this subject as well. So first, let's go ahead and introduce Cheryl, my co-pilot for years, and Chucky G, my other co-pilot for years. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going today, Karen? Well, I am on a 14-day quarantine because I took a bath in COVID. Ew. <laughs> did you get COVID? I did not. It's been eight, it's been eight days. Okay. Um, and I've tested for most of those. And right now, Jim and I are Novid. Woohoo. That means no COVID. Congrats. Um, so I feel like my vaccinations did what they were supposed to. So I'm super excited and happy about that. And, um, you know, because they say two to four days. So that's, uh, that's, I, I'm happy to talk to people. Honestly, I've been talking to people at work, but this is like actually talking to people who aren't my coworkers. So, uh, <laughs> you guys have a good couple of weeks since we last talked to you. Um, yeah, yeah. Been busy. Been sure. super, super busy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of all over the place in this conversation. Sorry. I was writing a blog post right up until I popped in here. So I'm a little, woo. Um, I'll come back down to earth or you guys will. One of the one of the two. Anyway, so let's introduce our guest. We are talking to our good friend Bob Fountain today. Bob is an original team member of Spectral Tech, which is a paranormal investigative group in Tennessee. Um, he's been working for more than 30 years on special projects. Uh, he's a special projects manager and he is also a process engineer, a data collection and analysis. Is that what you do in the group, Bob? Not anymore. I'm retired. I don't do nothing. But that's what you <laughs> did in the group, right? And um, yeah. also, he because because he is so good at analysis, he brought that to his role as a paranormal investigator. So he has a bachelor's degree in organizational management from how do you say it? Tuscaloom, Tuscaloom College. Tuscaloom is that right? College, oldest college in Tennessee. And he has a bat. All right. And he has a bachelor's degree in metaphysical sciences from the University of Metaphysics. And he's also an ordained metaphysical minister and metaphysical practitioner with the International Metaphysical Ministries, an Uswi Reiki master. Bob's metaphysical training allows him to comfortably talk with concerned clients about their paranormal activity. Oh, my God. And underneath Bob's bio, I see that Cheryl typed in all caps, Mindful Mystics. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> welcome to Mindful Mystics. How are yeah, you, I'm Bob? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. 
it's like the band's back together. Good. It's been years since since you was the all band, doing that. I know. Yep. And and Bob, Jake I have to Elwood. tell you that I am particularly <laughs> Jake and Elwood. <laughs> We're on a mission from God, right? There you go. Yes. So, Bob, I have to tell you that I'm especially happy to talk to you. And I asked you before we started the podcast because I wanted to make sure that it was okay to lead with this. And you said anything you want to lead with is fine. Um, and so the reason yep. I'm especially happy to talk to you is about, what, two to three months ago now, I yeah, got a call from long. you. Yeah, I got a call from you. And you were calling to say your goodbyes. Because you had been told that you were dying um, yes. soon. And yes, and we had quite the conversation. And you were very peaceful and very loving in it. And um, so then you, you, you didn't die. You're still with us, which we are absolutely overjoyed to hear. But we want to talk about, yeah. because of that, we want to talk about the fear of dying and how the work that you have done has affected, how, how that affected you and that type of thing. Is that a good summary? Yeah, that's pretty much it. In fact, I just finished an article that I submitted to the magazine about those thoughts. So whenever yeah. Cheryl decides to publish it, then you'll get some of you who's uh, listening tonight, one of the 20 people, will be able to uh, read in more in-depth thoughts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was calling well, everybody. And, and I was actually delusion. skimming it. Oh, did it make sense to you? Yeah. Well, and I called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but And so I called Cheryl and said, did Bob call you? Um, and Cheryl was like, no, what's going on? And so then Cheryl and Chad called you. So they also had a conversation with you. And then yeah. shortly after that, Cheryl, Chad and I were all together and we, we talked a lot about you as well. Um, mostly in relief because by then things had changed. So can you just, before we get started, kind of share why you got that diagnosis and, uh, where you went from there? Well, I was just normal every day in, in January. And for some reason or other, I kept on losing my balance. Well, I found out a year ago I had Parkinson's disease. Well, one of the side effects of that is you, either your hands shake or you, one of the other things is lose your balance. So I was walking up some steps in the back porch, did a face plant, which hurt, bruised my ribs, my back, everything else. It wasn't getting any better. It was getting worse. So we finally went to a doctor. He did some blood work, diagnosed that I need to get to the hospital immediately. Went there. I ended up getting three blood transfusions. I had a doctor come out and say that I've got prostate cancer that spread, metastasized. It's all through my bones. And then he turned around and walked off and just left me sitting there, not even knowing what they were going to do with me. So after about two hours, they finally put me in a room. But uh, the next day, there's hospital staff coming saying, do you want to sign up now for uh, hospice? Or do you want, was it called, palliative care? And I was asking them, what's all that about? And they said, well, you know, once you get bone marrow cancer, 
you don't come back from it. And I was thinking about that. You know, most people that you'd be shocked, right? You just kind of going. It didn't bother mm-hmm. me at all. I just sat there and thought, well, well, that's unusual. And that's what made me think about it. It's the training we've done and what we've learned as paranormal investigators. The afterlife isn't something that's unknown and scary. It's pretty much stuff we deal with all the time. So my whole premise was does being a paranormal investigator influence your religious beliefs? Because a lot of people either don't have a belief, they just go through the motions, or they're so entrenched in whatever the dogma is, which a metaphysical minister isn't, that uh, their, their beliefs won't allow them to, to pass into the afterlife comfortably. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. And then I guess my question to that then would be, since they were telling you, you know, hey, Bob, you know, you need to make plans, you, you know, to, you're going to pass. It's like, what, what, was, what were your thoughts of, like, what were you going to face? Like, what, what did you think you were going to see? What did you think was going to happen? You know what I mean? Well, usually, and I've talked to a lady who died on the hospital table a nurse that wrote an article about it about five or six years ago, she she said when she was getting ready to pass, she saw the bright light, she got felt the, the energy being pulled out of her. She ended up meeting some loved ones, and then she was told it wasn't her time, and she had a choice to either come back or stay. Well, I was waiting for that. It never showed up. But uh, now a couple of days later, one of these uh, cancer specialists come in, and they said, no, you know, just don't sign any papers for hospice or anything like that because they're going to want to take everything. So apparently that's some kind of a racket. But uh, she says, no, we're doing techniques now that she says, some people like that have prostate like you do, they live five to ten years beyond. A lot of them die of something else. So I just look at it that way. If it's my time, it's my time. I guess my sole contract. Did what it's supposed to. I've done what I was here for. Time for me to move on and get a new body and start again. Mm-hmm. And and so what you were saying about how the lady was uh, on her deathbed and was saying she's going to connect to her loved ones and stuff like that. When they talked to you about yeah. the change, you know, like you weren't going to pass as quickly as they were, you know, originally saying. Did your mind then just go to? Do you think that that's why you didn't connect? to what was on the other side or what you might be seeing because maybe inside your soul knew that you weren't going to go yet even though they were telling you that 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 crossed my mind well i did have a vivid dream with my mother who who passed years ago and my grandmother i had a vivid dream there saying that it wasn't your time but you know that's like yonder wasn't your time means what Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. I just uh, I it didn't. It was like water off your back. It, it just didn't bother me. Yeah, and I have to tell you, when I had that conversation with you, I was really like when I I talked to Cheryl, I said, I said, when you talk to him, he's very peaceful. He's very okay with this. He's like the most okay person I've ever heard with this. Well, yeah, I mean, 
it's called practice what you preach. We, if most of us will sit there when we're dealing with a client and tell them that they have nothing to worry about and give them, tell them they have a control of what's going on and even, even the crossing over how they come back. God gave all of us free will. I'm assuming it's the soul we're talking about, but we can pretty much do whatever we want. But most people don't realize they have that power. I happen to realize it. So, I mean, if it is my time, my subconscious knows. I mean, it, it's got the game plan for you anyways. It's buried down there somewhere. You just don't get to see it because it's like cheating on the test. But, uh, no, I, I was just kind of calling up the people that I, I grew close to and enjoyed their company, let them know. Other people, I just deleted their phone numbers. But, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I just sitting back down. Woohoo, we made the cut. We made the cut, Cheryl. I'm glad you did not delete my phone number. <laughs> yeah, is that good? Isn't that good? Well, that's because yes. we had fun together. Bobby Mackey's, or they the demon got me, and yes. I ended up getting so deathly ill. Oh, oh, wow, that was um, an interesting trip, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, Bob, you've been a writer. <laughs> Bob, you've been a writer for Paramount Underground Magazine for so many years, and um, you've shared your unique viewpoints about paranormal investigation um metaphysics you know the spirit world all sorts of things and your articles are so unique and so outside the box i i love them so much because you bring a perspective to the things um over the many years that you've been writing for us that we don't always get and it makes you think about life and about you know your your journey in life and beyond so for one, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic that the doctors who were very cruel to you, by the way, were a hundred percent wrong. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was not nice yeah. to walk in and say that and leave you. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that I saw it. Um, yeah, well, you, you know that happens. Well, I'm surprised that uh, you like the articles. I'm. I've always had a. You know, I, I'm doing a book. And one of the things I point out in high school, I failed all my English courses. And then nobody, I always got a D minus so that I could get passed because no one wanted me back in their class. But I mean, <laughs> when I went to college, I had to look in the dictionary to find what bar, verbs and nouns and what they meant were before I even started college. Of course, I aced college. I got straight A's and everything. So that wasn't the issue. But yeah, I've always felt insecure about writing. You know, my my thoughts, trying to put them down on paper. But what I've done over the years, like this article I just got done writing, a lot of it comes to me when I'm sleeping. And I'm thinking maybe my spirit guides are the ones that are giving me advice on don't put that in there. <laughs> Bob, same. <laughs> me Seriously. too. That happens for me too. That That is yep. so cool. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I love your articles. I'm glad you're still writing them. I'm going to publish your latest one that you mentioned earlier next month. Um, and oh. so I wanted to talk a bit more about how your many years of paranormal investigation, investigation training, and actually, I don't know how many, you've probably done hundreds, possibly more uh, investigations. 
Um, but also in your it? metaphysical training. So you have, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've, I've done, I've done just about a hundred investigations. I'm kind of, kind of can't do them okay. anymore because I can't drive or the only way I'm going to do investigations now, I'm the one that has all the equipment because I could afford it. So if the team <laughs> wants to go investigate, they're going to have to come get me. They need, they need you. Um, but you've also had metaphysical training. So how, how, how does the combo, because metaphysical knowledge and paranormal investigation don't always mesh. They do sometimes and they don't other times. So how did you take yeah. those two parts of what you discovered over the years and um, helped guide you through this latest journey in your life? Karen went through the same course as I did to get that bachelor's degree in metaphysical sciences. And one of the things about that program is you have to answer everything as an essay question. So they know it's really you doing it. Plus they, it gives them insight in how deeply you think about things. So that helped me a lot because whenever I'm doing something like an investigation, I'm looking at it from a metaphysical view. And uh, it, it does tie in with the paranormal quite a bit. One of the things that's nice is no dogma. I don't have to worry about, you know, eating meat on Friday, you're going to hell and all that kind of stuff. So, in fact, some of my articles have been nothing but metaphysical musings where I've, I've wondered about certain things, about people being born before their time, which is one of the articles I wrote for you. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Do do aliens go to heaven or do they have a soul? It just uh, it enriches it more than just going out on a Saturday night hunting in a graveyard for EVPs. Most people that yeah, have some kind of yeah. most people have some kind of activity going on around them. They're genuinely frightened because they don't know what's going on. And that's where that metaphysical training comes in. You almost act as a life counselor and give them some assurances. There's things they can do to relieve the situation or alleviate it. But that's that's how it kind of ties in. Yeah, I think that they do. There's there's a lot of intersection between the two fields. And I think that having that metaf metaphysical background has really shaped a lot of your editorials for the magazine as you just laid out. I mean, you know, do do ETs go to heaven? Do their souls go to heaven? I mean, seriously, who's who's written about that before? I don't know, but <laughs> it's intriguing, well, you know, right? I, I was uh, when I was telling somebody about that because I like to get the clients laughing. It, it helps if their house has got some negative energy in it. Laughter is about the last thing it wants anyway. So once you kind of lighten the, the, the atmosphere, sometimes that leaves some of the problem too. But yeah, I pointed out that, you know, you, all these psychic mediums that's out there, they'll sit there and see, I see your grandma and your grandfather and your brother and they're wearing this or they're wearing that. But you never hear them saying there's a little guy about three foot tall with big head and gray eyes sitting there next to him, hold hands or waving to you. You just don't see that. I said, so do you think aliens have a soul? Do they go to heaven? Of course, I 
pretty much know the answer to that. They're a form of energy. They can manifest any way they want. And there's probably a good likelihood that over our immortal lifetimes, we've lived on other planets as well. But, you know, after reading about probably five or 600 books on paranormal and metaphysical and religion, you kind of get a more in-depth view of what's going on around you that most people don't take the time. They just go with whatever they're taught at church. And that's good enough for them to get through the day. Yeah, I yeah, Bob, I want to ask you about that. I want to, I was kind of curious like what are what are your thoughts at, after we pass? Like what is there on the other side? Like what are your own personal beliefs? Is there just a heaven and hell? Oh. Are there multi-dimensions? You know, I mean, where where do you go with that? As far as your on a personal level, I don't I don't think there's a hell. In fact, I I point out that to even some of the spirits and what we've encountered that want to communicate. Every once in a while, mm -hmm. when we ask the, one of the questions, "Why did you not go? Are you afraid of being judged?" And if it lights up that that was their fear, most likely they were a Southern Baptist <laughs> or a Pentecostal <laughs> or somebody like that. Where, you know, anything you do that was related to fun, you're going to hell for. Which, uh, mm -hmm. I usually point out that God was a loving God. He created us and loved us. Well, he's not going to put us in a situation where we're going to screw up because he knows we are going to screw up. So why mm -hmm. would he sit there and do that? All he's going to do is give us spiritual guidance to get back to him. Right. So... If we mess up this time and we mess up next time, we're probably going to do a life review on it. There's no judgment there. We know right. what we need to get spiritually advanced and probably get some suggestions from our spirit guides. And then we mm -hmm. decide, you know, how we're going to do it. I, I guess we probably sit in a round table with your other spirits in the soul group. You decide what you're supposed to learn this time around. Are you going to learn it all? Are you going to learn part of it? Or are you going to be a teacher? teach something that one of your soul group members hasn't learned yet. You get all that set up right. before you're born. Pick your parents before you're born. Mm. You'd be put in a situation. Back, mm. that's one of the things I, I've always wondered about is people that are have a tendency to be racist or bigots. I told the one guy, I'm a Freemason, and one of the Mason guys at the lodge, he was kind of well-respected. He's talk about the Jews killing Christ. I said, well, you know, I says one of the problems we were going to run into is like when you die and you find out that God's a gay black woman. And uh, he didn't know what to say. Right. And I said, you know, we pick what we need and the culture we need to learn what we need. And because you can't live in somebody else's shoes, but you can live in the Correct. soul or body of somebody else to see what they went through. So I think that when we die, since we are immortal, so this life's only just a blink of an eye anyway, we're going to come back and learn some new lessons so we can spiritually grow. Mm -hmm. Well, and Bob, that to leads me to, yeah, that may, makes me um, think about karma and the concept of karma. And yeah. I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on karma and how you define karma, if you do at all, and what you think about that concept. Well, karma is kind of a complex thing. Uh, looking at it easily, it's, if you murder somebody in this life, they get a chance to murder you back in the next life. That's kind of retribution. I don't think God's into that. 
And not only that, somebody like Adolf Hitler, he was brought here supposedly for some kind of a lesson or to teach somebody something. That he was he actually brought here to kill all those people and set up that way. Did God allow that for a reason? Was he here to show what pure evil was? You just never know about that part. It's it's a part of us we won't understand until we're there. We might not even understand it when it's there. But yeah, karma, I'm not sure about it. I've read probably 50 books on nothing but that. Right now I'm reading one about the, the, the big book on reincarnation, about all these children that can remember past lives. And a lot of them come back for unfinished business. You know, there's certain things they learn. Let's say if you was a uh, glutton this life, you can either come back as a glutton again or filthy rich where you can be a glutton, or you come back dirt poor where you can't eat enough. One or the other is going to teach you a lesson about the karma you created in that life when you were a glutton. So best thing to do is just love everybody and be nice to them, and it's probably going to help your karma a whole bunch. So makes Bob, sense. Uh, yeah, it, it totally does. I, I for me personally, I'm not too sure about karma. Um, while I do believe in reincarnation, um, I feel like karma is too much of a vengeful system for me to really, really want yeah. to believe in. Um, so I, know I, I, I don't really subscribe to karma so much, but yeah. if you think about it, yeah, because if you think about that. How's God going to balance it out for you? Somebody kills you, you kill them. Now your karma's bad. They got to kill you back. Right. In the meantime, they ran right. over somebody by mistake. Now that guy's got to run over you. No, that, that just doesn't sound exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, is I, I more believe in, okay, so life between lives. Um, Karen, I think yep. you've had a life between lives session, right? I have indeed. Okay, so this is a this is a topic that fascinates me. It ties into reincarnation, um, it, it, of course, because what the premise is is after your physical body dies, your soul moves on into the afterlife, and then you and Karen's going to correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but you you have a period where you're living spiritually and you're setting up your next life when you're reborn or not you can choose to go other places other than being reborn in a physical body if my understanding is correct so my my point is is that if you have a hitler okay and you want to say it's happening for a reason um and i really don't like that phrase <laughs> frankly um because it's it's very it seems insensitive but i do believe that we choose our paths in 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 between lives and that we do have a choice in what happens to us it, we kind of set up that plan beforehand so i think that that is all a part of it why would we choose to go through something terrible well yeah right that's that's the question right <laughs> why would we there may be many reasons um but bob what is what do you think about life between lives and reincarnation specifically well life between lives i think that's exactly what you were saying is correct it gives you time to sit back realize you're at your home 
that that's where you belong. You were just here to learn. It's like going to the classroom. And uh, we do plan. We pick our parents. We figure out what we need. That's why we're going to pick the parents we've got. You pick your soulmates. It's going to meet with you. You pick certain times. I used to tell people that you need to pay attention when all of a sudden somebody comes into your life, makes a profound difference in how it's handled, and all the next thing you know, they're gone again. That wasn't just by coincidence. That was set up that way spiritually. You know, certain people touch your life and they're in and out of it at certain times in your life. It makes a difference. Sometimes it steers you the way you're supposed to go. But uh, the reincarnation part, I mentioned in that article I've written for you is uh, my youngest daughter, when she was just old enough to start walking, if she saw open flames, she'd run screaming into her room. When she's old enough to talk, start putting sentences together, she'd just stare at us and say, you're not my real mommy and daddy. I died in a fire. And for almost a year, she kept on harping about how she died in a fire. We weren't her parents. We'd go past the house that had been burnt out. And she'd say, look, that's like the house I died in. Well, my wife at the time, that really just freaked her out. I wanted to ask more questions, but I wasn't allowed to. In fact, the, that particular daughter now, when I had a grandson, he says, don't even think about it. Because I was going to ask him what, who he was before he was Patrick. But uh, yes, I told her, I said, the problem there is that she's come back quick enough. And part of that life from before is still in her memories. And it'll fade away because your mind's like a sponge. It's going to get absorbed with uh, all the new stuff and that it's going to fade away. And by the time she's six years old, she didn't have a clue what I was talking about. But yeah, that was firsthand proof for me that reincarnation exists. So that you think that, so that was like a residual, you're saying that's like a residual memory from a past life that she had? Yeah. Okay. I certainly think so. Sometimes people do remember the past lives in detail. A guy named Ian Stevenson wrote a lot about that, how, how he's had case histories, and especially in cultures that encourage it. In the United States, most Christian religions steer away from things like that. They don't want to talk about anything metaphysical. They say mm -hmm. spirit world, if, if you ever noticed, they just don't want to talk about it. They right. want to talk about what's in the Bible, what it says, and depending on what dogma you got, which parts of the Bible are just real, God-inspired, which parts were made up as a parable, you know, parable, mm -hmm. which always amazed me. Who gets to pick what's important in the Bible and what's not important? Right. So I, well, I just the go same by, goes for like ask my my question. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm waiting for you. Well, I was going to say, it's like, I, 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 do we, do you say that we, like, after we pass, we choose to be reincarnated? It's our choice? Or is it like, yes, we've, we've moved on to the other side, but there's, there's lessons we haven't learned. So we are sent back versus choosing to. Well, I don't think, I don't think we're sent back. I think we have a free choice. I, I've never heard of anybody in all, all the things I've read that was forced to come back. Deep down inside, mm -hmm. we're spiritual beings, and we want so, to be yeah. close to our source, our God. So, I mean, we're going to strive no matter right. how to do it. 
you might not want to come back again because you don't want to go through second grade because it was such a bitch the first time you did it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you look at yeah. the whole thing, and, you know, because that's, that's one of the things I dreaded, having to grow up again. Of course, I try to grow up mm-hmm. with a wealthy right. family so I don't have to deal with a lot of stuff. But, you know, you, we're going to pick what's, what's going to get us spiritually involved. I don't think it's going to be forced on us. That's that's that angry God thing again. Yeah, no, well, I, I didn't we, mean it we in an angry way, just like in... Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't no, mean I it in an angry that. way, just in like maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I want you to, you know, like God wants, wants us to come back. He wants us to learn more, you know, uh, for our own spiritual growth for, you know, I mean, as we are as beings. He, you know might, he might ask, because you think about all the, the children that are born with, with diseases that, that, that kill them early at a young age. Mm. And, you know, they live three months. Yes. Or sudden crib death or something like that. They had to decide right. to do that before they got here. And mm-hmm. a lot of people say that children with disabled bodies or that are crippled or some other way handicapped, they're advanced spirits because they're just sitting there teaching everybody all kinds of lessons about compassion and love. Where they didn't have to come. I mean, how would you make a decision on the other side saying, I'm going to go back to a material world and be in pain and suffering? For... Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But uh, no, how would you? You got to be quite a person to decide you're going to come back and 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 be in some kind of a body that's disabled, where there's a lot of pain and misery. But you're doing it to teach another spirit, usually something they need to learn. And since we you know, know Chuck, where I we're, said, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to just say, Chuck, I would suggest to you that not only do we choose to come back, but that even as exhausted as we feel when we're in body, as we get towards the end, Mm -hmm. we can't wait to come back. Just like you walk out of a movie that's like a really wild ride of a movie and you walk out, you're like, whew, that was exhausting. But then you can't wait to go see the sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I I think it's like that. What do you think, Bob? Yep, I agree. I'm I'm already picking out you know things I want on a checklist. You know, it's just kind of like a bucket list of how I want to be the next time I come back. But uh, all right, let's hear it. The, no, you can't because it, you, this is a, a family podcast. But anyway. <laughs> no, I, mean, I kind of figured that might be one of them. I'm not gonna boy. lie. There you go. Well, they're gonna be big. All I can tell you, they're gonna be big, and I'm gonna be loose. But anyhow, <laughs> wow. No, you, you, okay. You think of all the stuff. Yeah, you think of all the stuff. You have. see, this is get the part where she gets to edit it out easily. But you think I'm of all the things that, that I'm leaving that right in. Well, there you go, because that way you know it's me. But no, the, the, you, you think about it, you, all the stuff you think you really want now, that you know that you're missing out on money, wealth, uh, fame, whatever it might be. When you go back to the spirit world, you might look at it from a totally different perspective and say, well, I'm glad I didn't have that kind of money because it would have destroyed what I was trying to learn or 
of doing this or doing that, or I'm glad I had these kind of pains because now I understand other people's pain. So I might have to come back and show somebody the same thing. I think from the spiritual side of it, and once we're in the spirit world again, and we look at it for our development as spiritual beings, that we don't know for sure what we want in this time. So a bucket list for me on this side, it would be a waste of my time. I'll just sit back and kind of go with the flow. Yeah, I think I, I, I get that. I used to think when I was younger that, oh boy, when I come back, if I truly get to choose this, I'm going to choose all sorts of things that are going to be just bonkers, right? It's going to be great. Next life's going to be awesome. Yeah. And as I've, as I've gotten older and as I've worked with this energy and, and kind of gone through a lot of the same learnings you have, um, I realized that why would I limit the universe that way? And so I suspect that my spirit is just like, yeah, let's do that. Whatever, whatever is suggested to me. I'm like, hey, that sounds awesome. So yeah, it's kind of like what you did when you was a writer back during the uh, avalanche. He was on yeah. that train. Yeah, I read your book. I've read several I know. of your books. Bob is actually. Yeah, Bob is actually one of my go-to people when I have a book that I want somebody to take a look at. So, yeah, I did that for you. When uh, I need that uh, technical or spiritual edit, you did that for me a lot, and I always really appreciated that. For oh, sure. that's, that's in so. that's in the front of my book for acknowledgments. I got a book oh, coming out at the end you. of hey, so August, I think. Yeah, well, let's talk about your book. Um, this is a perfect segue. So you've been working, and actually that was one of the things that we talked about when you called me from the hospital as well, is that you really wanted to make sure this book came out. You were very concerned about your wife um, and you wanted to make sure that for her, this book came out for you. And so we talked about that as well. So I am thrilled yeah. that now you get to tell people about the book instead. So tell us about your book. Well, basically what it's going to do is I wrote all those articles over the years and I I actually went out and, and went through, uh, what is that, MagCloud? and bought the magazine, the hard copy of it for the grandson because I don't get to see him much. And uh, I wanted to at least know his grandfather wasn't a total loser. So I was saving up all the magazines to give him later on. You know, at, at seven or eight years old, he didn't mean need to be looking through magazines about paranormal and ghosts and demons and all that. So therefore, when he gets a little bit older, but I thought writing the book, I could do just that much more because I give classes on the paranormal. I did, you know, for people that's real interested in it, that one of our team members is a manager. Now she's the owner of an, a small mini mall for antiques. We'd have classes at the mall and then do a mini one hour long paranormal investigation of the place, which actually got a lot of input from the spirits. It's attached to stuff in there. But I thought I'd write about that. Then I, it, that evolved into writing about is the paranormal real? How do you get started in it? How do you pick themes? What kind of equipment do you need? It's a lot of the things that you're going to have to learn 
the hard way in some cases. And then I went through and picked out some of the best articles I wrote and converted them from article form into chapter form. And at the very end of the book is going to cover some of those metaphysical things I'm talking about where are you born before your time or is it were you from a future time and you're brought back into our timeline to help advance us? There's different things in there that, that try to make the book somewhat interesting. And there's a lady who uh, I have a question Moon on the Bull. yeah go ahead it's called call what no that's okay it was called, had... I was interested in what you just said it's called what Moon what yeah I said the 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 book is getting published by a lady called um like my mind just went blank that's happens when you get to be seventy four Katrina that's okay Katrina Bloom Moonbow okay. Publications. In fact, I heard from her out there from oh. uh, Nicole Strickland's uh, webs one night. I was listening to her podcast. So mm -hmm. I, I got hold of the publisher and she says, oh, yeah, we do that because sometimes it's hard to get a book published. And she says, no, nope, that's all we do is this kind of stuff. So anyway, they're, they're working mm -hmm. on it. They, they got the copyrights and all that finished up and they're getting ready to send it to Ingram publishing i think it's called and hopefully it'll sell okay there'll be some people that will buy it it's called the ingram content goes. group bob yeah it's is called the ingram content group yep it's, she said it's a pretty good group oh. yeah. you absolutely they sell into bookstores they're they're um one of my publishers does their wholesale through the ingram ingram content group and um, oh. the other one has like they do it all through themselves. But yeah, one of my publishers uh, actually that's how they sell into bookstores is through the Ingram Content Group. Yep, yeah. it's a good one. I was one. worried initially. I was worried initially because after I found out how much it costs to have an editor edit your book, mm -hmm. I thought, oh my god, this is horrible. And uh, you know, I'm thinking from my point of view is I know about a dozen, two dozen people here that buy the book. That ain't going to cover the expenses of it. And she said, well, we you don't 20. realize it. When, yeah, she says you don't realize it. Once you get that thing out there in the market, there's going to be more than mm -hmm. 20 people that's going to want it. I was going to say, we so have I 20 listeners, the, so at least you got you got 20 there, Bob. Yeah, but they might be Plus, I mean, Bob, I would just like to point out that you... <laughs> You know some editors who probably would give you a steep, steep discount. Just well, saying. Well, I know that, ed that editor was incredibly busy. She has, she has, the editor I know has trouble getting the magazine out by the end of the month, so I wasn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Ouch. Ouch. I mean, that's, that's fair, but Bob, do you know what I do in my real job? Can you no. guess? I'm I think you would take care of your husband and your dog. No, I'm an editor. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. Well, I'll be damned. You had me. You had me read your stuff. That's scary. Oh my that God. is scary. Well, of I do because... talk, about, talk about getting some bad. Karma. Talk about getting some bad karma. You're as an editor. You gave it to some idiot that failed all his English courses to look at it. 
<laughs> well, I wanted you to read it for other reasons, Bob. So there you go. You well, know, I, I wasn't like asking said, you to line edit it. And like I said, I did. <laughs> I did Ace College. So what the hell? That surprised yeah. me. In fact, for my English courses that I had to take, the English instructor, the teacher I had was the head of the English department from Memphis State University, but she wasn't real easy on you. She started out like the whole the course started out with 150 words like weather and there and what the spelling meant for what situation. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to die. But yeah, I enjoyed reading books because you get into them. I mean, you know, some books you read to be about two chapters and you go, this is boring. And you never read the rest of the book. I've got a lot of those, especially mm -hmm. the paranormal. <laughs> but your book was always interesting. Oh, thank you. Maybe so it's because you, you, you knew you me. Draw. There you go. Well, we kind of went through the same things, if you think about it. Yes. You, you remember... Yeah. You remember past lives? I kind of do. One time I saw a Civil War soldier when I was probably in my 30s at the foot of my bed looking at me. And that's right after I moved down south here. I thought, well, hell, just my living in the south now. But I could smell gunpowder and everything else. And I was wondering if that was one of my past lives. Oh, interesting. You know, just a yeah, it yeah. was. And you just never know. And if it was, I don't know what the meaning would have been other than maybe that's where I came from because I couldn't wait to move to the South. Even when I was a little kid, I wanted to live in the South. And, you know, looking at it from a metaphysical viewpoint now, that might be one of those signals that you have been born before and you lived in different areas. Did you Have you been to Gettysburg? No, but I've been to Vicksburg and a few other places okay. like that. When Have I go there, I can. Oh, yeah, I feel the energy. In fact, okay. I went when I was in Vicksburg. I was down there and I started to cry, which surprised oh me because I don't do that often. It, it okay. just, I was overwhelmed okay. with like emotion. In fact, I get around people, I, I'll get overwhelmed. I think I am somewhat of an empath. Mm -hmm. I'll, get, I'll get around people. I can feel emotions that aren't mine. And I just that would be the very it. definition of it, Bob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I get real uncomfortable if I used to have to go to meetings or parties where there's a lot of people. I'd walk in there and just be overwhelmed with, with feelings that were, weren't mine. I knew what I felt like before I walked in. And as soon as I got in there, those feelings were gone. There's something totally different there. Stay away well, from Las happens, Vegas, Bob. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, and, and when I do investigations, I go in a house and I could tell pretty quickly if there was something truly negative there or if it was just benign. And that's the way I'd go telling the, the client, you know, saying, you know, what I'm feeling here, it's just somebody trying to get your attention for whatever reason. Or there is something here and we might want to talk to a priest or I might want to leave you a bundle of sage. So I always let them sage your own houses. But uh, yeah, it comes in handy when you're out there doing investigations to be somewhat of an empath. It also helps to make sure you do a prayer before you go in and one before you leave. What kind of prayer do you say? 
usually the one going in is please don't hurt me and the one leaving feet don't fail me now no that's not true <laughs> That's not, a, that's not a prayer, Bob. <laughs> it can be if you know what. If you're scared enough, it can be. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there God help go. me. Uh, oh God help me. There you go. Uh -huh. Well, you know what? When I leave, if there's something that I felt has been negative, I don't let the equipment go in the house with me. I always wear some kind of protection, Corganite or, or uh, some crystals that'll help ward off the bad stuff but i'll do that i'll do a prayer basically mm -hmm. saying it when i leave you gotta stay here you know you're not coming home with me i don't need directions i know how to get home on my own and i won't let the <laughs> equipment come in the house i've saged it try to get anything that might be attached. i was gonna ask you about that attachments are real yeah, i was gonna ask you yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so, no, you, so you do do that you, you sage your equipment and all that kind of stuff if I think I need to, usually I can. If if I'm okay. in a place that's really negative, I'll I'll sage it in the back of the car. I just get home, light up the sage, just and have the car enveloped in it, and you know, kind of keeps it in a confined space. You can kind of like hear the attached spirits screaming, trying to get back out of there. <laughs> there but... Bob, come on! No, I... <laughs> now you know I have a sense of humor. Remember one of the shows we did. Karen couldn't be oh, yes, I I co hosted with Oh, and I took, yes, Bob, I, I, took I, that, I remember. I took that picture of Karen and stuck it on a sucker stick. It was popping <laughs> before the, the screen there, and you were so damn confused, you didn't know what the heck was going on. You thought I know, Karen was, it was out like there. Karen, I thought she had a really deep voice. Yeah. Maybe she had a cold or something. I don't know what was going on. Did you do that when yeah, you filled in fun. for me once? Yeah, you yes. did. <laughs> I had no idea. Yep. I, yes. I have never heard this story. Oh, uh, this is so funny. Tell her, yeah, Bob. I, Go ahead. Tell her what you did. Yeah, I, I, I went out on the internet and got a picture of you, cut it out, stuck it on a backing, put a sucker stick behind it so I could hold it. And then when the show got ready to come on, since it was live, I stuck a picture of you up in front of the camera so you couldn't see me. It just looked like you moving around. <laughs> and just going, yes, what are you doing here? Yeah, I, he's I did talking. He's talking. Minute. It was it was the weirdest thing, man. <laughs> it, it took him about, about a minute to figure out what was going on. I'm like what that the heck fun. happened? That's okay. <laughs> you know, you know what I did with Karen? I we was talking that one time when you was on the show, and you always had those little five minute clips up at the front about weird things going on out there. She was going yeah. to read one about yeah. some monkey with a statue with a big wong on it oh my and god I I, I, so i hadn't pre what okay what? so here's here's the thing i hadn't <laughs> i i you know how i never prepare for shows because i'm so busy right uh -huh. Uh -huh. and so i just kind of go find stories and i'm like okay well i can read this one or whatever well i had not read this thing at all but i, I that from the headline it looked interesting and i got about 10 seconds into this and I thought, oh crap, I'm in trouble because it was, it was I, yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was great because I, I had already read the thing and I knew it was going to happen. I just sat there and stayed quiet. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was one of the times that, that Cheryl probably was rethinking whether maybe she wanted me to do the show yeah. anymore or not. Well, that, that yeah, was pretty hysterical, she... Karen. <laughs> that was that was a show well, she decided I was never going to be able to host. Person. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I that remember was... that. But now, yeah, now that Cheryl's hung out, you get it now, don't you, Cheryl? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, she gets it now. Yeah, that was that was a show that made Cheryl decide I could never ever be a co-host again. Oh, not at all, not at all. Oh, you yeah. were great. That was embarrassing. Was so <laughs> it was fun. Did I even did I even finish reading it, or did I just give up? No, I don't think yeah, you, you did, did. If I remember correctly, no, did she I did. Started oh, wow, that. <laughs> you started stuttering badly, and the more you stuttered, the more I was yeah. laughing. So, yeah, I yeah memories. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. Good time. I, I think that show's still out there somewhere. I don't. I know. I don't remember what the article was. I just remember that I I started reading it, and it was like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting. And I didn't get very far when I started to think, oh, God, I shouldn't be reading yep. this on a radio show. Oh, and 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 I knew Bob yep. was lapping it up with a spoon. Yep, yeah. two-foot-long peckers aren't Thanks, good for podcasts. Hey, what can I Is say? Is that what it was? Oh, yes. I, I'll have to go find that show again because I don't remember what it was. I've probably some very kind of strategically a, blocked some kind it of out. Statue. No, or some kind of a statue that okay. they had somewhere. It was well endowed. Yeah, I have a pretty but good why memory. was I reading? I mean, there had to have been a there had to have been like some like creepy aspect of it. I can't yeah, remember that was now. You said that. I'll have to I'll have to yep. go back and listen to that because I I I don't I I remember the feeling I remember knowing that I was like in trouble as I was reading it yep. I remember your absolute glee and Cheryl's absolute horror <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh, they made sure that Chuck always had medicine in case he got sick again they didn't want me back on there. <laughs> no, I can't imagine that's, okay. that's true. Can you remember that I had to write a poem for Cheryl because he actually got the, the magazine out on the 15th of the month? She did hey. that so that you would have to write her a poem. Yes, I did. And speaking of the magazine, let's see, it's the day before the end of the month, guys. I got to go. Oh yeah, it is actually five o'clock. So we um yeah or whatever nice, time nice it segue. is where you are. Nice segue, so, Cheryl. Bob, <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna give you your your closing final thoughts here. Uh, the name of the book, for instance, it's where people can find out more about it. It's called my paranormal journey, and hopefully, I can advertise it in Paranormal Underground magazine. Uh, yeah. The editor, the publisher, said she's going to market it for me. So she said she's going to contact a whole bunch of book suppliers or publishers or whatever you call retailers 
and, and get that out there. Wholesalers. People she knows. Mm-hmm. Wholesalers. She's going to do an ad and some radio shows, I guess. So uh, I guess when they get it finished up, they that editing process, like I said, it's kind of time consuming. I went through and looked at the final draft and chapters and the title the contents didn't match where they actually were in the book. So they had to go back through, redo all that. But hopefully it'll, they, she said it should be done by the end of August. $29.95. Oh, yeah. Layout sucks. Nice. Yeah. Well, so here's what we can say to our listeners. Watch this space. Um, when it comes out, we will certainly make sure that we post it on our our Facebook page for um, Mindful Mystics. Is that what we're called? Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. yay. Sure. <laughs> you got it. Get there. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Hey. Next year, by next year when we end this show, you'll have the name down. <laughs> I will. And then we're going to come back and have another name and it, it's it'll all begin again. I, yeah. I know. Oh, it's kind of like reincarnation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like little mini reincarnation yeah. in my life over yeah. and over and over again. That's right. Your, your old show dies. You guys sit back right. and decide to plan and start a new show. Well, yeah. we actually always have killed the show. It's never died. We've always been like, okay, we need a break. Yep. Yeah. And we actually kind of didn't think we were going to come back this time. And then I sort of floated it to Cheryl a couple of months ago. And she was like, no, I, I think I'm in a space that I could do that. So here yeah. we are. Here we are. Ta-da. Yeah. That's cool. Whoa. And at least, yep. at, least I know. It's, it's, at least it's not video. So that's good. Because I still got my. Yeah, my, it is not video. For my book, uh, my picture on it is way back five years ago when I was happy and full and healthy and everything. I don't look as good with the lost 80 pounds and and gaunt face like like I'm getting gray skin but that's that's usually yeah. there I don't need it much longer at 74 I've run I've had a good run you know met good people yeah. enjoyed myself I'm yeah. doing my you know they always have these past life reviews on the other side well I'm saving them some time because I'm doing mm-hmm. a lot of that here which I guess a lot of people do when they get to a certain age but yeah, I'm looking back at it. And yeah. Heck, I had a good time. So what the heck? What happens, happens. I ain't worried about it. I just miss you guys until you get over there after I come. Back, we'll do some. I wonder if you can well, do paranormal investigation. You can haunt us. Spirit side. Well, <laughs> is that what you yeah. think that might be their paranormal investigation? Come back to the material world and, and screw with uh, material people? <laughs> I think. I actually believe that some people, and so I very seldom talked about my life between lives. Cheryl, do you have another minute or so? Yeah. Okay. Um, I very seldom talked about my life between lives because it was very personal um, and it just felt private. Uh, But one of the things that I found in my life between lives is that like I am here as a liaison between the people who are embodied and the spirit world. On the other side, I am the liaison between the spirit world and people who are embodied. So I believe that there are people whose job that is in the spirit world. Well, that, there's a there's a possible belief that the soul doesn't completely come here 100%. 
part of it stays yeah. wherever yeah. our home is. And just part of it I believe that. the ones that have more energy that comes here are the ones that end up being psychics. Yep, I brought only 25% of my energy with me. That was the other thing I found out in my in my life between lives hypnotherapy thing was yeah i didn't bring a yeah, lot of my a, energy which explains why i'm so stinking tired <laughs> well that's a and that's a whole different show you guys can look at when you find a good guest <laughs> oh, bob. 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 come on we love you bob. bob thank you thank you bob so much for sharing this very personal story with us and our listeners we really appreciate it yeah, yeah thanks thank bob. You, bob thank you yeah I'm, see, I'm looking forward to going over there and finding out what really happened in the Bible. Oh, well, would you please, if, if you go before me, would you please reach out and tell me so that I know? Just, you know, like yeah. like in Ghost, I can be like um, Whoopi Goldberg and you could just pop in all of a sudden. That'd be great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, all yeah, right. Well, I, just you know, reach I out. I enjoyed it. It went by fast. That was the fastest hour and six minutes I've ever been involved with. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Fastest hour and six minutes in radio in podcasting. Everyone. All right. So let's wrap this up. Thank you to Bob Fountain. Thanks, Cheryl and Chuck. Um, we have. I think that I have a guest lined up, but I haven't actually scheduled her yet. But I believe that the topic of our next one is actually um, going, to, I'm going to be talking to uh, a, a friend of mine who has learned Reiki from me and we've talked and she has um, gone through kind of a, um, an ancestral awakening, I guess maybe you would call it. And she has actually um, tapped back into her, her ancestry and really has started to look at spiritual work in a different way, especially as it relates to things like cultural appropriation and microaggressions and, um, and being someone BIPOC who is working in a spiritual field and things like that. So we'll be probably talking to her um, on the next podcast or soon. So we will see you back in a month. Cheryl, Chad, Bob, y'all have a good month. Uh, Chucky G. Thank you. Chucky e. G. What did I call him? Chad. Chad. I called you Chad. First it was Chuck, then it was Chad. <laughs> oh my God. Chucky e. G. Chucky e. G. I knew you. I knew you. That's okay. All right. All right, guys. Cool. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks.